All right, turn your Bibles to Acts chapter number 20 this evening. Acts chapter number 20. Everybody having a good day? How many of you are tired of the rain? How many of you aren't going to answer me no matter what I ask you tonight? You're determined I'm not going to talk. Not going to talk in church. Acts chapter number 20. Isn't it true? We were told all our lives growing up, don't talk while you're in church. And then when you get old, you're supposed to talk, right? The pastor says, say something, talk. Let me hear you. All right. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I'm glad he's home. I'm glad he's home. Did a great job playing tonight as well, Max. All right. We're going to talk about a subject matter here this evening that um, I, um, I think it's important for us as Christians. Paul is, um, he is sailing by Ephesus, and he calls the um, elders of the church at Ephesus to him, and he wants to speak with them. He wants to have a conversation with them, and he says this. I want you to look with me in verse number uh, 24. He um, calls, calls these elders from Ephesus to, uh, to um, Miletus, and he says this, but none of these things move me. And, and Paul Throughout his life and in, in, in his ministry, um, he he's been through a lot. I mean, he's he's been beaten, he's he's been shipwrecked, um, he's been he, he's going to give his life, and he knows he's going to give his life. He's going to be beheaded, and and he he stands and he says this: None of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself. And what is he saying? I'm not living for me anyways. And so it's not about what I get and, 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 and about life being fair. I'm not living for me. I'm living for Christ anyways. So this is what, whatever Christ allows, it's his, he, he paid a debt that I owed. And, and then he says this, so that I might finish my course with joy. In the ministry which I've received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And I want you to just take note. We're going to study this, this statement that Paul makes. So that I may finish my course. But he adds two words there that are very important for us as Christians. With joy. Every single person in this room is going to finish their course. One day you're going to die. Or one day Jesus Christ is going to come back and you're going to be called home. My dad finished his course. He was 55 years old. And the, and the closer I get to 55, the more concern that makes me, the more I think about that. I've, I've got some specific goals that I want to make sure that I hit before I hit 55 because the reality of life being short is, is, is very, very clear to me. I, um, I don't want to just finish, Paul says, but I want to finish with joy. And I want you to ask yourselves this question this evening as we get into this study. How's your joy? Because I believe this, there's a lot of Christians that are living the Christian life joyless. Absolutely joyless joyless. They're they're going through the motions. They're they're maybe even reading their Bible. They're they're serving. They're even going to church. But there's no joy. I heard this this said 50% of pastors, if they had a better offer, they would take it other than pastoring. 50% of pastors. You know what that says? 50% of pastors are joyless in serving Jesus. Because if something better came along than pastoring, they'd take it. The um, church is a family, isn't it? How many of you enjoy the fact that church is a family? Family should encourage each other. And um, I I preach, even Sunday morning, I I preached, uh, where's Joe? Is Joe Ball in here? Where'd he leave? He already left. All right. He, um, he was playing. Wasn't that him up here? Okay. I thought I saw him. I said, 
Joe, uh, Joe was listening, he said, Sunday morning he was working. And, he, and, and uh, so as he was driving, he said to me, Sunday evening we were together, and he said, I, I was listening to your message. He said, and then I, I think he said, I pulled over so I could watch it because you got hot and heavy in that message and um, started really preaching hard. And the reality is that I think that preaching hard against sin is very necessary. And I say this all the time. If you go to a church where they never preach against sin, there's something wrong, you should find another church. Because we need, need preaching against sin. But we also need to be encouraged as well. You, you can't get beat up every single time you come to church and then leave. There's got to be something encouraging in life. There's got to be joy. I, um, church, church is, is such a great place. My memories growing up, I, I remember um, church. I, I remember um, my cousin and I, I think I'm out of mentions before, we, we would, uh, when we were in Wyoming together, we used to, um, figure out who could swallow the most offering before the offering came. So we would, there's a lot of dimes and no nickels. I think dimes and pennies that uh, I've not uh, got through my intestines yet. Um, but we would do that at church. Some great memories in church. I mean, anybody else swallow their, Max, you probably did, right? You probably swallowed a quarter, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> but the memories, I remember, I remember someone came to me just recently and said, boy, the, the kids are running through the gym before church. And, and I say, oh, my goodness, I can't believe that. And you know the first thing I think of? That's exactly what I did when I was growing up. I mean, I found every hiding spot in church. I felt like we lived at church, and church was always our family. Matter of fact, I met my wife at church. And we um, totally different upbringings. I moved, I think when I met my wife, we counted, I had moved 23 times. If the FBI ever had to do a background check on me, it would take a long time. I think I lived in 23 different addresses. My wife lived in two. I moved that many times. She moved one time. The house she was born in, they moved one time. I grew up, my parents were in the ministry. My, my wife's parents worked secular jobs. I went to Christian schools my entire life. My wife went to public schools her entire life. The, um, we had different upbringings, but church brought us together. It's family. And I'm glad today, today, matter of fact, my wife and I, we celebrate 20 years in, uh, of, of marriage. Thank you. And I thought about that today. 20 years go by so quick, doesn't it? Like, literally, it, it, I feel like it was yesterday that um, we were heading out on a honeymoon thinking, we're allowed to go away by ourselves? This is incredible. I, I remember it was 18 years ago. I remember Jacob was born, and they let us take Jacob home from the hospital. And I thought, do they even know who we are? What is, these doctors are supposed to be smart, and they're letting like two kids take a baby home. We, we have no idea what we're doing. When this baby cries, we don't know what to do, you know? But it goes by so quickly. Four years and just a couple months that we moved here, it seems like yesterday, it goes by so quickly. Life goes by so quickly, and if we're not careful, life just goes by and we just go with it, and we, we live just to simply wake up and do it again tomorrow. Has anybody ever thought that before? Just, you just, you're only doing repeat. Like I get up, and tomorrow I just do what I did yesterday. And listen to me, we do it without joy. We, we are married without joy. We work jobs without joy. We read our Bibles without joy. We pray without joy. We serve without joy. Paul said this, that I might finish my course with joy. With joy. I would say this, Christian, if you're a child of God, living isn't enough. Living with joy is what every Christian ought to strive to do. Joy. Acts chapter 20, turn there in, um, oh, you're there, never mind, thank you. That I may finish my course, if you have a habit of marking, would you just mark that with joy? 
And maybe this isn't you this evening, but maybe it's going to be, maybe it was. But too many Christians possess so little joy. So many Christians are anxious about everything. Anxious. And, and, and living with so little joy. I, I think this evening, if you could say something to yourself, right now in your heart, would you say this? I am not going to just finish. I'm going to finish with joy. Would you, would you say that? You don't have to say it out loud, but inside. And, and, and I want you just, just to think about your heart right now and ask yourself, is that a problem you're having? You're going to live and you're going to finish. The Bible says this, it's appointed unto man once to die and after this to judgment. Every single person is going to finish. But not everybody is going to finish with joy. Some people can't wait to finish because they can't wait for it to end. I can't wait to get to this place in my life so that all can be over. They're going to finish, but not with joy. In your heart this evening... Tell yourself, I'm not going to finish, I'm going to finish with joy. And I, I, I don't want to be married. I thought about this today with my anniversary. I don't want to just be married. I want to be married with joy. I don't, I don't want to just wake up next to somebody and it's my roommate. I want to have joy. Uh, no, no matter what we're go, going through, it is still possible to have real joy in life. And hear me this evening, please hear me. If there was one person that could say that, it's the Apostle Paul. And it's one thing if you look at somebody and say, yeah, but you've got it all together. Everything you have is great and, and everything you know, just kind of goes easy for you. That's not how it was for the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul would go into a city and you know what they'd do? They'd look to, to run him out of town. The Apostle Paul was on the bottom heap of, a, of a, a pile of stones. The Apostle Paul was, was beaten and placed in jail. The Apostle Paul knows what it's like to be hungry for days on end in a, in a jail cell because there was nothing to eat because he's there because of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Paul knows what it's like to, to uh, have people forsake him. He said Demas had forsaken him. He knows what it's like for people to, to uh, uh, lie about him and, 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 and accuse him of things. Paul understands what that's about, but Paul still says this, I am going to finish with joy. My desire for us as a, our pastor is, is, to, is for our church to finish with joy. Jesus said this, my joy I give you. Didn't he? My joy I give you. you. You can finish your course and still be a joyless Christian if you're not careful. Would you, um, um, would you say that you have this joy this evening, the joy that Paul has? Would you say you have that? Do you possess that? I'm going to give us, I think, five things, unless I run out of time. I'm going to give us five things that Paul did. And because of this, he was able to finish with joy. If there was an example in the Bible that you could finish with joy by following this pattern, how many of you would want to follow it? Most of you. Amen. Good. I want to give it to you tonight. But I want you to understand something. This is not just feel-good Christianity. I'm talking about there's, there's work to do. Joy doesn't just come um, easily, and joy just doesn't come naturally. Joy is something that Paul said, I'm going to have, and I'm going to behave a certain way because of this. Now, write this down if you would, please. Go to, go to Acts chapter 24, all right? Acts chapter number 24. Acts 24. And we're going to look at verse number 14. Acts 24, 14 says this, But this I confess unto thee, that after the way which they call heresy, so worship I the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets. 
and have hope toward God, which they themselves also allow, that they were, should be the resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. And herein do I exercise myself to, always a, to, to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward other men. Let me, let me read this verse 16 again. And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. I want you to write this down, please. Number one, Paul was able to finish his course with joy because of what he did with his conscience. Paul was able to finish his course with joy because of what he did with his conscience. Paul was saying this, I'm not going to let anything stain my conscience. I'm not going to have, I'm not going to have hidden sin in my life. One of the reasons I believe this, many Christians don't live the Christian life with joy and aren't going to finish the course. They're going to finish, but they're not going to finish with joy is because they live their life as Christians and they hold on to sin. They refuse to let sin go. They, they know it's sin. They know it's wrong. They hear if you grow, if, you, if you're in church any length of time, you hear it preach. But what you've done is you've turned it off so that you know it's wrong. You understand that it's wrong. You know you shouldn't be doing it, but you've convinced yourself that God's going to wink at it when it comes to you. You've convinced yourself that you're going to be able to handle it. You've convinced yourself that you are the one person that can do this thing and get away with it because, because it's okay because it's you. And Paul said this, I'm going to finish my I'm going to finish my course. I'm going to finish this race that I'm running and I'm going to do it with joy. And he says this in Acts chapter 24 because of what he did with his conscience. There's not going to be anything in my life that I'm going to have to my conscience is going to have to convict me of. My conscience is going to have to reveal to me there's going to be no hidden sin, there's going to be no unforgiveness. I'm going to live my life my conscience being clear. One of the problems, I believe, in church, one of the greatest needs in church, let me start with this, is this, fellowship and friendship. We, we need deeper than just, hey, Max, how you doing? Um, good, how are you? Good, great, thanks, bye. Yep. Hey, how you doing? Good, good, that's great. Didn't even hear what you said, but okay, good. And we move on. And I know you, and I know you, and, and, and we go to church together, but, but there's no depth. And part of the reason why I believe is this, because we really don't want somebody to really get to know us. Part of, the, part of the, what's struggling with, with, with men, I believe, very, very much, and, and, and believe me when I say this, many Christian men... They don't want to open up. They don't want it to be revealed because some of them, many of them, have something in their life they don't want anybody to know about. It affects their conscience. And they're not living that victorious Christian life with joy because their conscience keeps hitting them. And what we need is accountability, and what we need is Christian friendship, and what we need is, is, is somebody to, that, that, that can sharpen us and that can help us, but what we want to get avoid is having to be found out. But Paul said this, I'm going to finish my race, and I'm going to do it with joy, and I'm going to do it because of what I do with my conscience. My conscience, I'm not going to behave in such a way where my conscience keeps me up at night. I'm not going to behave in such a way where my conscience is constantly trying to tell me that this is sin. I'm not going to live in a way where my conscience conti continues to tell me that I have something in my life that's unforgiven. You can't run from your conscience. It's always going to be with you. And Paul said, because of that, I'm going to stay clean. I, always, I live always to have a conscience void of offense, he says, toward God and toward men. Number two. Now, don't get quiet on me on the first one, please. All right? Number two. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. How many of you still want to finish your course with joy? Stay with me then. Paul said, I can live, I can finish my course with joy 
because of what I do with my conscience. Look with me in 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. And would you look at verse number 27? In, in, in these, I'm just pointing out verses here. You take the time, read, this, read these chapters, all right? But for sake of time, I know you're going to turn me off about 8 o'clock, and so I want to get finished by 8.20, all right? Um, verse number 27, But I keep under my body and bring it unto subjection, lest I by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Number, number one, Paul says, I'm going to finish with joy. And the example he shows us is because of what he did with his conscience. Number two is because of what he did with his body. Paul says this, I have to keep my body in subjection. Because if you don't keep your body in subjection, your body controls you. Your body comes with desires. Unless you keep your body under subjection, your desires that your body has will make decisions instead of you letting God make decisions for you. Your body comes with wants. Hear me this evening, not everything your body wants is good for your body. I walked by a box, and this, this was, um, when was Valentine's Day? February 14th, yeah, every year. So I walked by in, my, uh, in the office, I walked by, a box, uh, a heart-shaped box of Valentine's Day candy. Now, what's the date today? Almost June. And I finally said, I picked up that box of chocolate, and I said, I'm going to throw this out. And then I said, but no, wait, it's still good. You saw it. And my wife said, well, don't throw it out because so-and-so gave it to, to us. And if they see it in the trash can, so I went and I put it where Alan would eat it tonight. And because every time I walked by that box of chocolate next to her desk in the office, you know what I would do? I wanted it. The expiration date, it's expired. Not everything that our body wants, it should have. But you know what? If we're not careful, we'll feed our body what it wants. We'll lose our joy in living a Christian life. And we'll, we're going to end. We're going to finish. But we're not going to finish with joy because the entire time we've lived, we've given our body everything at once. And I don't mean just food. Our body has needs. But our body also has a sin nature. And if we're not careful, our desires, our wants, our needs... Cannot, can be something that deters our relationship with God and keeps us from having what God has and keeps us from having the joy that we ought to have in life. Our bodies not kept under subjection can get us into more trouble than we can get out of. You see, that's one of the problems with sin. Sin causes you to think that you can get in as deep as you want, and when you're done, you can walk away. Sin, and I said this Sunday in church, Satan packages it so nicely that we think that it's so good and, 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 it, and it's so healthy and, and, and I can just put it away whenever I'm finished and there's never going to be any consequences to it. But Paul said, I want to finish this with joy. And Paul realized this, in order for me to finish my race with joy, I've got to, number one, do something with my conscience. Number two, I've got to do something with my body. I've got to keep it under subjection. If you want to have joy, we must deal with our bodies properly. I write a pastor often. I guess you would say I'm his pen pal. But this pastor doesn't sit in an office in a church. This pastor sits in a jail cell. I've got a stack of letters from him. The, this pastor sits in a jail cell because he had a relationship with a 16-year-old girl in his church. Now, he's going to finish, but not with joy. And the reason why is because he didn't put his body under subjection. His body had desires, his body had wants, his body had needs, and he gave into it instead of keeping his body under subjection. And guess what he sits in now? He sits his marriage is ruined. He, he doesn't see his grandchildren grow up. 
He, he sits in a place that he never thought he would sit in because he didn't keep his body in subjection. He, he, hear me, please, this evening, and I say this as a warning to us. Please, please hear me. Every single day, you have an opportunity to ruin your life. Every day. Every single day, you have an opportunity to ruin your life. And Paul said, I'm going to keep my body in subjection so this doesn't happen. I've had, today, I've thought of my wife often, as I do every day, but today, just, just 20 years of marriage. What wonderful 20 years. It's been a wonderful thing. But you understand, I can ruin that in one day. Ruin it. God's blessed me with five beautiful children, and I have a great relationship with those five children, but I can ruin it in one day. There's days I pinch myself and I say, I can't believe I get to pastor the greatest church on Monclova Road in Monclova. I can't believe it. There's there's another one down the street. Somebody's saying, there's really only one. No, there's two. No, the greatest church in the greater Toledo area. How's that? I pinch myself and say, this is incredible. But do you realize I can ruin it all in one day? In one day. One decision. Paul says, I, I understand that, and I'm, because of that, I am going to recognize this, that all of this, all of this could go wrong unless I keep my body under subjection, and that's what I'm going to do, because I want to finish with joy, not just finish. We need to recognize how wrong you can go with your body not being under subjection. In every single person here this evening, if you desire to finish with joy, then don't allow your body to control you. Don't allow the decisions that your body wants to make to bring shame to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to write this down. Number three, would you go to Philippians with me? See, we're moving right along. How many of you are happy? Don't Don't go to sleep on me. Philippians chapter three. We're going to look at number three, what Paul says. Is everybody with me tonight? Everybody doing okay? Look what Paul says in verse number 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. He says in verse number 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Would you write this down, number three? Paul says, I'm going to finish with joy. How do you do this, Paul? Because of how he dealt with his past. This is important. Because there's many Christians that don't have joy today because of their past from yesterday. Something that you did that you can't get over. Someone you're angry with that you won't stop being angry with. Something happened in your past that you just cannot forget, and it keeps coming up every day in the present. And it steals your joy. You see, it's difficult to have joy today when all you keep doing is thinking about the failures in the past. It's difficult to have joy today when all you keep doing is thinking about the person that offended you in the past. It's difficult to have joy in the Lord today and finish strong with joy today when constantly what happened yesterday or yestermonth or yesteryear keeps coming back and reminding you of why you shouldn't have joy because of the problems that you caused or the problems somebody else caused you. And Paul said this very plainly, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. He realized it's important The one thing I do, for what reason do you do this? Because he wants to finish with joy. And in order to finish with joy, I must, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before. Do you think that Paul could have joy if what he did was get mad at everybody that ever heard him? Paul lived it out. The Philippian jailer, I'm sure, was not nice to Paul when he put him in jail. I'm sure that the Philippian jailer didn't treat Paul well and speak to Paul well. To to, to the Philippian jailer, Paul was just another prisoner. 
But, but, but when, when the opportunity came and that Philippian jailer saw the power of God and he said, sir, what must I do to be saved? Paul, because he was willing to put things behind him, was able to give him the gospel. Do you realize this, that somebody that hurt Paul, somebody that offended Paul, somebody that I'm sure physically hurt Paul, emotionally hurt Paul, didn't treat Paul fairly, Paul gave him the gospel and he's going to spend eternity with Paul. Because of what he did with the past. Paul could have joy and finish strong. You can't hold on to things if you want to finish with joy. You can't hold on to past hurts. You can't hold on to past failures. You can't hold on to past uh, uh, battles that you've had. You've got to be able to put those behind you and press forward for the mark. Paul had to forget, and he had to forgive others. I believe this, that Paul even had to forgive himself. Because it was Paul that stood at the feet of Stephen when Stephen was, was stoned and killed. And Paul, Paul doesn't, doesn't tell us in the Bible that Paul ever took the, the stone and threw it at, at Stephen, but it does tell us that he held all the coats as those that picked up the stones and did. He, he participated in this. How would, you like, how would you like to know that you participated in a murder of a, of a man and realized that it was unfair, it was unjust, and that man was innocent, and you now realize that you participated in his death? That'd steal your joy. And hear me, hear, hear me this evening. Every single person in this room, we've all done something in our life that we regret. Every, every single person has done something that if you had it to do over, you probably wouldn't do it again. In that one thing, or maybe that multiple things, is something that Satan brings up every single day to you. You, you get up, I'm, I'm going to start a new day, I'm going to read my Bible, I'm going to pray, I'm going to get right with God, I'm going to serve the Lord. And Satan says, yeah, what about? Hey, Paul, what about when you stood at the feet of Stephen? Oh, you're going to be an apostle and tell everyone about Jesus now? What about Stephen who's, who died? Because what, what about those other Christians that you hunted down? Remember when Paul was converted, he was on the road uh, uh, to, to, to persecute Christians. Paul had such a reputation that when he wanted to go back to Jerusalem to see the apostles, the, the believers in Jerusalem were afraid of Paul because of his reputation. Now, now, listen to me, I'm not saying that we, 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 we uh, uh, sin and we have liberty to sin. I'm saying, I'm saying that maybe something happened before you were saved or maybe something happened uh, 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 in, in, your, in, in, in previous days that, that has been forgiven and you've confessed and, and, and it's under the blood and it's gone. And I want you to know something. God doesn't remind you every day of that. So if, you, if you've confessed it and you've forsaken and you've, you've asked for forgiveness, it's not God that's bringing it up all the time, reminding you why you can't serve him. Because when God sees that sin, he sees the blood of Jesus Christ and it's forgiven. Maybe it's not you. Maybe it's someone that hurts you. And their, their words keep ringing in your mind. Their actions keep ringing in your mind. I, I mean, you can pinpoint it down to a conversation that you had. You know the place. You know the, the room. You can even picture and, and, and sense the smell. Huh. You know every detail. You just can't get over it. And it's constantly stealing your joy. Paul said, I'm going to finish, and I'm going to finish with joy because I'm going to deal with my past properly. If you want to finish strong and you want to finish with joy, you have to deal properly with your past. Do you, do you know most marriage counseling that I do, they'll come in and they'll see me, and they will talk about something that happened like today or last week or last month. You know what I've, know what I've figured out? It really has nothing to do with what happened today, what happened last week or what happened. It's something deeper that they're not dealing with, that they're holding on to. I, I, I say this often to kind of break the ice, but, but it's not very funny. But I say, um, you know what happens when people get 
um, hysterical, they get historical. When they get mad, they bring up everything. They, they, they just dump the, the truckload, and you say, what am I supposed to do with all that? I thought, we, I thought we were over that. Maybe you do that. Maybe, maybe you think you're okay, and then all of a sudden something rages up, and, and you, you, maybe someone says, why do you keep talking about the past? And listen to me, it's stealing your joy. You need to do what Paul said. I put it behind me. I press forward for the mark of the calling of Christ. Hear me, you must choose to forgive or you choose to hold a grudge, but it's your choice. And if you choose to hold a grudge, you choose not to have joy. Christian, this evening, stop staying mad at people. Whatever it is, it's not worth losing your joy over. It's not. Every one of us are going to finish. But not all of us are going to finish with joy. And you say, well, I can't just forget it. And, and it's so easy to say to somebody, just forget it. How many of you ever you had a problem with somebody says, just forget it. Forget about it. How many of you ever said that to somebody they said, just forget about it? Well, listen, you can't forget about it. You can't. There's no switch that you just say, off. So how do I deal with it? I would tell you this, stop talking about it. Stop talking about it. Stop bringing it up constantly. I, I believe this. There are good, there are good people, and, and I, I recommend um, counselors to people often. I understand this. There's only so much I can help somebody with. And, and, and after a meeting or two, I'm not qualified in a lot of cases. I refer somebody to a counselor. Go talk to somebody. If you want to talk about it, talk about it to somebody that can help you. But don't talk about it to people that can't help you. Talk about it to somebody that will open God's word and show you how to deal with it. Stop bringing it up. You know, so often when, 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 when we get into this and our joy is strained and we, we, we just want to throw our hands up, stop bringing it up every single time. And when Satan puts it in your mind, stop letting him control your mind. Stop bringing it to light. You know, Paul says, I'm going to move on. I can't go back there and give all the coats back to those that were, 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 were killing Stephen, but you know what I can do? I can, from this point forward, determine that I'm going to move forward for Christ. I want you to turn to 2 Timothy. Are you still with me? Are you sure? 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter number 1. Paul is going to write his last letter. Timothy's going to get it. Paul said, so I'm going to finish with joy. Part of that is because he is going to, how he deals with the past. But also, I want you to see with me in verse number 12, Paul says this, For the which cause I also suffered these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. L listen to what he says. For I know whom I'm ha I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. You know what that tells me? Paul was able to finish with joy because of the way he looked to the future. Yeah, because of the, what he did with the past, but not just because of what he did with the past. Paul also said this, um, I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. You know what Paul knew? I'm going to see Jesus. There's a day coming. I'm going to see the Lord against that day. One day, we are all going to see Jesus Christ. Paul was convinced that one day he was going to meet Christ, and that was something that caused him to have great joy. Listen, we're going to see Jesus one day face to face, the one that died for us, the one that took our sin debt upon the cross. We are going to see him face to face one day, and that ought to bring us great joy. Listen, no matter what happens on this earth, one day I've got heaven. And, and I don't just have heaven, I've got Jesus. 
I can't wait to see him. I can't wait to thank him. I, I, can't, I can't wait to really understand all that was involved for me to receive everlasting life. It's going to be a wonderful day. And then lastly, 2 Timothy, would you look with me in 2 Timothy chapter 4? You're already there, just turn a page. He's writing this last letter to Timothy, and he says to Timothy in verse number 14, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. He names this man Alexander the coppersmith. I don't know what he did. Does anybody know what he did? What, what, a, what book of the Bible does Paul write and tell you everything that happened with Alexander the coppersmith? Anybody know? What's that, Brian? He didn't. He didn't. All that we know is that Alexander the coppersmith did something evil toward Paul. I have no idea what it is. But Paul said, I'm going to finish my course with joy. And he was able to do this because of the way he dealt with his enemies. Now hear me on this, please. Every single one of us are going to have enemies in life. How many of you have an enemy? You have two? One on both sides of you? How many of you have somebody that, that's wronged you? That's done something that... Isn't right? Raise your hand. I just want to see. Okay. Everybody, every Christian is probably going to run into a Alexander the coppersmith. But when do, someone does you evil or harm, Paul said this. Look what his reaction was. The Lord reward him according to his works. See, Paul didn't live his life to get revenge. Paul said this, this guy's done evil, he's wronged me. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to finish my course with joy. God will deal with him. You see, if we're not careful, we want those that hurt us to get what they deserve. If somebody's wronged us, we stay up at night and let it just fester. And, 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 and I know this doesn't sound like very spiritual, but let's just be honest. Sometimes we even think, how can I get back at them? And Paul said this, I'm not. I'm not. You see, because Paul knew this. Once Paul crossed that line to where he had to deal with these things, he wasn't going to finish with joy. Because you can't have joy when you have hate. You can't keep your eyes on the Lord and have the joy that he offers and finish with that joy that, you, that Paul said I want to finish with if I'm continually looking back at all the people that have harmed me and done evil and all I'm thinking about is how I'm going to get even with them. And so what did Paul do? Paul said, listen, I want you to know there's this coppersmith, Alexander. He's done evil unto me. Now, take this in context. Who's Paul writing? This is important. Who's he writing? Who's Timothy? His son in the faith. What is he doing? What's his whole purpose of writing Timothy and Titus? He's wanting them to carry on the faith that he has. He wants Timothy to finish his course with joy. And so what he's doing is he's investing himself in Timothy. He's saying, Timothy, this coppersmith, I'm not spreading gossip. I'm not telling you about this guy. I'm just simply telling you, you're going to have people that do evil against you. Let God deal with them. Don't get sidetracked here. 
Don't, 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 don't step off the calling God's called you for to answer everyone that, 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 that's done evil against you. You don't have to talk about it. You don't have to discuss it. Just let God deal with it. Look with me what Paul says. One of the last things Paul ever wrote in this chapter. Look with me in verse number 6. For I am ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at the day, not to me only, but unto all them also that love is appearing. See, Paul realized this. I can get down in, into the weeds, or I can keep my eyes on the prize. We're all going to finish but not all of us are going to finish with joy. And it's not that we can't. It's just that we're not going to make the decisions in life that are necessary for us to finish with joy. And you know what the sad thing is? You don't have to. You know what we can do? Ask God for grace. I'd love for our church to keep all of these behaviors in check that Paul did. Because what Paul says here, look what he says again in verse number 8. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at the day. Paul says, there's a crown for me, and I'm going to win it. And then he goes on to say, and not to me only, but unto all them, also that love is appearing. This reward that Paul is wanting to win, this joy that Paul wants to finish with, what Paul is saying, it's available to everybody. Everybody. You don't have to be a Christian and be joyless. If you do, it's because you choose to. Or you can say, you know what, like Paul said, I'm, I'm going to be in this, this listen, I've got, I've got Alexander the coppersmith, I've got, I've got uh, the Philippian jailer, I've got, I've got the whole Stephen thing that I was a part of, I've got uh, um, you know, this whole stoning thing, and, 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 and I don't mean smoking, and, I, mean, I mean being you know, stoned, I mean he's got this whole stoning thing he was a part of. I don't want to leave you and say I said Paul was a drug dealer, you know. Paul had the whole thing with John Mark. Paul had contention with Peter. He said, I'm not, I'm not focusing on that. I'm going to keep my eyes on the real prize. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not going to get offended. I'm not going to get down. I'm not going to seek revenge. I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm just not going to allow myself to get to those places. I'm going to choose to keep my eyes on the prize, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I like how Paul finishes that verse 8. Because what Paul is saying, Timothy, Timothy, this is how I'm going to finish. And this pattern is there for you to finish this way as well. It's not like only some of us can finish with joy. All of us can. It's not like only some of us can have healthy, Christian, joy-filled marriages. All of us can. It's not that only some of us can serve the Lord with joy and the rest of us have to, to, to just be miserable. No, all of us can. It's not just like some of us, you know, uh, 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 have to seek revenge with our enemies and others just don't have enemies at all. Listen, all of us have enemies. How are you going to deal with them? See, Paul recognized there's a, there's a race. We're all going to finish it. But we're not all going to finish with joy. But it's what you do with the Word of God and what you do with your relationship with Christ that determines how you finish your race. You know what I've said? I'm going to choose. I'm going to finish with joy. And so you know what I do daily? All right, Paul, how'd you do it? 
I'm struggling with this one today. And so you say, well, which one do you struggle with? All five every day. And that's why I need the Lord's help. Because if I let all five, one of the five, two of the five, any of the five control me, I don't finish with joy. And I don't want to just finish. Because there's a day coming that we're going to sit at the feet of Jesus, and I want to keep giving him crowns. And if, 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 if I could live my life and there's 100 crowns to be won, I want to win all of them. Not because I want them, but because he's worthy. I, I don't want to get to the feet of Jesus and realize I could have given him something but my body wasn't under subjection. My enemies just controlled my thoughts and, and, and so on and so forth. I, I want to get there and say, everything I could give, I can give. Here it is. I want to finish with joy. Father, Lord, help us with this study. Because all of us are going to struggle. Maybe not, maybe not everyone is as much of a sinner as I am. Maybe someone in here only struggles with one of them. But whatever we are, wherever we fall, give us victory. May we recognize your grace. May we overcome these things that Paul recognized that he had to overcome in order for him to finish with joy. Because it's going to be worth it all because of you and your son and his majesty and what he did for us on the cross. And what a wonderful day it's going to be to see him face to face. And so, Lord, we can be offended. We can be discouraged because of what we've done and what we've said. People can hurt us. But help us to look to you. Give us victory. Give us joy. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Lord bless you. Have a wonderful evening.